Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends! Hey, what's happening, Star Wars Friends? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Oldham, and joining me today are my Star Wars Friends... This is Josh, and I'm trying to decide if I want to buy that Migs Mayfeld shirt that I saw earlier today. Do yes, it. Do he it. has a Ooh. shirt. Nice. This is Kyle, and I'm. I, I know what's bothering me about Boba Fett's new matte finish, and it's not the clean paint job so much as that he painted over the dent. I can't believe it. I can't believe he did it. <laughs> his uh, his uh, badge of honor there on his helmet, he painted over. Like, eh, it's still there though, right? The dent. Yeah, is, the dent but it, is. It's not. Uh, it's not weathered that, anymore. It's that was a, a dented uh, green. A popular thing floating around on the interwebs today was. Um, how did he get the dent? And it was very interesting because you Get have... shot in the head by Cad Bane, guys. Well, yeah, you have the it's new canon, but then you also have the old canon where apparently he was helping Vader obtain something and Vader turned on him because he knew too much about what was in the package that he got. So What's in the box? No, oh, what's in the box? So Boba took a shot at Vader and Vader like deflected it back and it hit him in the head. So, I, Josh, you're you're the, you know the what canon expert. Canon? What <laughs> the past? <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd ever heard Not that canon. story. Yeah, Honestly. somebody had posted that out there, and I'm like, I've never heard that one. Uh, I like this the, sounds like a ruse. I like the Cad Bane Boba Fett one a little bit better, but. You never know. Yeah, you never know. So, uh, well, welcome everybody to the Star Wars Friends Show. Uh, we are going to dive into a lot of stuff this week because we got tons of news uh, coming from Disney. We got another excellent, excuse me, another explosive episode. Uh, explosive episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, dad jokes again. You get me. <laughs> uh, but we got tons of stuff to talk about today. Uh, hopefully, you guys were able to check us out on Friday night during our Razor Crest Reacts live show. Uh, we do it every Friday night, seven thirty uh, p.m. Eastern time during Mandalorian. It's a it's a season blast. finale coming up, guys. Yes, Don't last one. miss it. 
Yep, our last one is coming up this Friday for the season last finale. One for a year. Yeah, it's going to be a ton. I got a feeling that one's going to go a little bit longer too, right? Like, I feel like we're going to be talking about all the stuff that happens in this episode coming up uh, a little bit longer. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, we we've we've we do that every Friday night. We put out this podcast just about every week. Um, we love having you having you guys check in with us, shoot us emails, tweets, um, any kind of message. You can find us on any social media um, at star at SW Friends Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always email us at show at starwarsfriends.com. Um, and you can find us just everywhere on social media and we'll give out our, we'll give out our individual handles, uh, at the end of the show here. But, um, guys, we, we got, we got, we're getting into the, we're octogenarians. Now we are down to 87 weeks, 87 weeks until celebration. So close. Octogenarians. So close. Yes. It's so cool. It's like days away, right? <laughs> Many, many uh, days. Feel it. I'm gonna start packing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gotta keep, gotta keep the uh, beach body in check so that I'm What's ready the, for what, poolside. What are you looking forward to the most? Celebration 2062. The next one in 88 weeks. 2062. <laughs> what are you looking? For, what are you looking forward to? Mine's real easy. People. People. I just want to be around people again. Human interaction. Human okay. <laughs> interaction. That's all I want and need is people. Cause like That's you know, legit. I you know, you know it's bad you've been working from home too long when you miss your coworkers. Even the people that sit several rows over from you that talk too loud or are on their phone all the time or doing obnoxious things like chewing loud with their food. So for me it's people. Josh, what about you? Um, I have three things. One California, never been there, so I'm really. I was nice. really looking forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, finally meeting all of these people that we talked to on the internet and have cross potted with, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mm-hmm. feel like we'll probably, I will probably meet uh, the ladies from uh, Galactic Pod before that, since they're so local to me. But uh, otherwise, you know, there's all these people that uh, are like Star Wars friends of ours and uh, that we've never mm-hmm. met, um, including Maggie. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, who Maggie? What? Yeah. Finally, uh, there is a certain um, Jedi who's not a Jedi um, act uh, actress that I am hoping will you know be doing photo ops that I'd would be cool mm. to Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kyle was like, "Where are you going with this?" <laughs> like, wait a minute. I was trying to purposely yeah. like be uh, vague. It's Rosario Dawson. I've already Coy. met Ashley. She's great. <laughs> I tell you what, though, some of those autograph sessions and photo op sessions um, in the past, you could, depending on who it was, you could walk right up to the table. And Kyle and I did this with um, uh, with an actress that early Shoshin. Yeah. Yeah. And we literally like we had never done autographs before. So we were like, all right, let's figure out how this thing works. It was like twenty five bucks. You know, you got a picture. We took it right up. You know, she, she signed a selfie it. with me and stuff too. She yeah. was super cool. Yep. Super cool. It's it's funny because characters like Tamara Morrison, who in the past have not had super long lines. His line's gonna get longer. His guys. line's going to be a You're lot longer coming up uh at in 2022 for Star Wars celebration. Uh he, and I got a feeling those autograph prices are about to go up. He was supposed to be at the lat, the one we went to, wasn't he? And he and he had to back out, like last I think minute. So, because I he was he was on my list. Boba Fett. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah, you know, characters like that that, you know, were maybe smaller that are making reappearances in Mandalorian are about to uh, to go up there. So, you know, if you, you've got an opportunity to get an autograph from one of these people, get out there and do it because it's about to skyrocket. And if it the rumor is true about Tamara Morrison being in Obi-Wan Kenobi, that means we get maybe some Cody back. He's going to be double dipping, man. He's I already double dipping. it. He's like D, he's like live action D Bradley Baker. He's just gonna do all of the parts. It's fantastic. They make a live it's action awesome. Bad Batch, and he's playing all four characters. <laughs> yes, Disney's only paying him for one role, though. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. They're really getting so much bang for their buck. <laughs> like D, do you get paid for all of these characters that you play, or just do you only get paid he one is time? Cashing in on that Bad Batch uh, yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five salaries every time. I Me, mean, he has his own show. It is the D Bradley Baker show. That that's what it is. Pretty Let's much. just call it what it is. Um, but anyway, we're at eighty-seven weeks until Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we do have a little bit of news that came out of Star Wars Celebration uh, for that what was supposed to be in uh, twenty twenty in Anaheim. Uh, they did release uh, last week the online uh, the artwork uh, that was supposed to be kind of the featured Disney Star Wars artwork that were the approved artists for Star Wars Celebration uh, last always week. Always a cool part of the convention to walk through. Yeah. The artists it, always have like cool little giveaways and samples and handouts too. Yeah, Kyle and I went back like a couple of times to the to the artist for the Ahsoka pin, I think. We were like, mm-hmm. can we get that Ahsoka pin? She's like, it'll be out tomorrow. I said, okay, we'll be back. Uh, but we ended up, I think we both ended up buying a print uh, from her. She had two different ones, I think, maybe. Or I bought possible maybe i don't know i'd have to go back and look but i'll be buying stuff at celebration it's hard to keep it all straight yes it's a lot (laughs) of stuff um but anyway so they so they released all of the artwork um and you can find all of the artwork at darkink.com uh it is there's a small section for star wars celebration and then you click on another link uh that says star wars celebration online art show uh, or it says prints of it will be available here. When you click on that, it'll take you right to the prints. There's what, f- probably 20, 20 prints on here, roughly 15, 20 prints on here. They, they're, they're really talented artists. There's some really cool, um, kind of concepts of different prints. You know, there's a really cute picture of, uh, they're going fast too. <clears throat> yeah, they're going fast. There's a cute print of, uh, you know, a kid standing in a toy store. Uh, it says ESB Memories by Corey Galal uh, that, you know, it has just all this vintage collection uh, figures and vehicles on this wall. It, it's very what you used to be able to find in a toy store when you walked in instead of now where you walk in and you get empty pegs and empty shelves. So uh, there is some stunning artwork of uh, Ahsoka and Padme and Leia on here. Uh, by a very talented artist as well. Two of the prints have already sold out. One of them was Ahsoka by Danny Haas. Haas? Am I saying that right? Haas, I think. Um, his print has already sold out. Uh, and then there was another one that's called Other Places. Um, the Future, uh, which is a, it's a Yoda print, but it's, it's super cool. It's, it's almost like a stained glass, I don't know what you, like a, almost like a stained glass ceiling. And it has, all of the different characters of Star Wars, uh, including everything from Rebels to Clone Wars to um, Last Jedi to the original trilogy to prequels to 
the most recent sequel trilogy. So there's just a ton of characters in this artwork. And unfortunately, those two have already sold out. But there's lots of other really, really cool prints there. So if you haven't checked it out yet, um, make sure you do so. Um, they're not cheap by any means, but uh, I know these artists put in a lot of time and, and energy to make these prints for people. So if you're into Star Wars artwork, please, please, please check it out and support these artists. Um, Mando Monday was yesterday. Uh, our Mando Monday number eight. Was that right? Or are we on number nine now? I don't even know. Uh, time means nothing. No, it'd be eight because they did, they did one before it started and we're about to be on the ninth or the eighth episode. So that could be okay. So yeah. So Mando Monday number eight dropped. Uh, we got a Bo Katan black series. Awesome. Finally, thank Very you. Nice. Uh, we did get a whole archive line of troopers. So they put in like the death trooper, the shore trooper, the tank trooper, and uh, there was one other one. A Tuscan Raider in there? Yes. Yep. Yes, the Tuscan Raider. So that's the newest archive line or the upcoming archive line uh, that, that's part of that Black Series. It's basically just repackaged Black Series figures that they're re-releasing. They put out another I don't, I don't child really plush. get it the archive line like it's on a card back but the card back is just it's like blank it's just black isn't it like they don't yeah they're nothing it's like black and silver um i have i have one of the it's, of a biker scout but that's it so the wave that they announced right before this included commander cody thrawn i think empire strikes back han and empire strikes back luke on hoth when they're on the tauntauns and that was that wave and the archive line is essentially figures that were originally released in black series as part of the orange line or blue line or red line of boxes that you can no longer get those prices of those figures once they made them skyrocketed so if you wanted a commander cody in blue box i think it's blue box you had to shell out a pretty penny to get him. Well, now he's back out in Black Series and Archive Line, and they sell him for, what, $19.99, $24.99, something like that. Yeah, so like that. it's your chance to get a figure that was already released and not have to pay, you know, secondary market prices. So uh, why it's they... Good. I mean, it's good people have an opportunity to get them. The packaging's like Yes. Though. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Spade the packaging. Agreed. Like. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it, you know, it, it's an opportunity for you to, to get those figures. If, you know, you want the originals, those prices probably come down a little bit. Uh, they just did it with Rebels in those new boxes, right? They redid all the Rebels figures, put out the new those boxes, nice. but there was already a full Rebels line minus uh, Zeb uh, out Zeb, there. Yeah. So uh, it gives you an opportunity to get them if you didn't get them the first time at a much more affordable price. Um so th that came out. They did release another child plush. It's like a, I don't even know what it is. It's like a stuffed. The one with the ring around it. Yeah, but you can like roll him up into the pram and then unroll him, I think. So he's it's all plush, but he's like a pillow in the pram and then you just unroll it and he comes out. So um, that came out. There is uh, two Mandalorian watches from Meister. Have you guys ever heard of Meister? No. I have not okay. heard of Meister. Um those came out. They look very nice. Um, Mayfeld, they came out with a Mayfeld cardboard standee from Advanced Graphics. I, I didn't see that. this, guys. I, I don't know. I got to say, though, Advanced Graphics has been killing it with these They're on it. characters from Mandalorian as, as Josh, like, pets his Bo-Katan in the corner over there. Um, they've been killing it with that, though. 
<laughs> she, you're, I mean, you know, you're being rude yeah. to me. It was fine. It was totally appropriate. <laughs> Very respectful. Um, she doesn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing that I had was they actually Hot Toys just released this yesterday. Moff Gideon one six scale from Hot Toys. So fully posable. They there was a premium format figure that just came out, and now we've got Moff Gideon six scale. Giancarlo Esposito literally is so hot right now. He's like Hansel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say the face sculpt on the sixth scale figure is better than the premium format figure. If you look at them side by side, uh, that one is definitely a little bit better. So that's all the Mando Monday news we got. Uh, you know, I'm still hoping, holding out hope that next week we get that vintage collection quill because i kind of need him to go with all the other characters that i got and i don't have him yet so hopefully next week i have to say uh, obviously you guys know but for the listeners i did blow a gasket today when i thought that that i missed bo katan and that she was hasbro <laughs> exclusive um and uh or was that no not today uh yesterday and uh and then you know justin was like chill he's on he's in he's she's on big bad toy store it's okay you, you're, it's okay you, add her to your loot okay. pile <laughs> So, so then <laughs> it I was pretty entertaining because yeah. everything's turned was, out all right. He was freaking out, and even I went to Hasbro's site and I was like, "What?" I, or I, I forgot about it, and I said, "What I miss?" He's like, "Bo Katan," and I went, "Oh crap!" So I went to Hasbro's site and it was out, and I was like, "It's got to be on Big Bad Toy Store." Yeah, and you sure said, enough, "Oh crap!" It was. And I was like, "Oh F G D F F." Like, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty well, funny. If, if Justin didn't remember to get it, we're probably all screwed. Frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been crazy, I think, for everybody here as we're getting in, hitting the home stretch of the holiday season. Things are getting a little crazy around the workplaces and everybody's trying to push stuff in at the last minute. So the days get really, really short when you're, uh, when, when you're back to back in meetings or, or doing work. So, um, we had some huge news, huge news last week huge. from Disney. Uh, the Disney investor meeting happened last week. The huge news, huge. Uh, it was tons and tons of new shows, new movies, and content coming out for Disney Plus and, and, and what they're going to put, hopefully, in theaters again. Um, for all intents and purposes, we're going to stick with the Star Wars stuff. There was a lot of really cool Marvel stuff, though. Um, I don't even entertain the thought that movie theaters won't open back up. I know that's a thing that people... I cannot accept it i no. will not accept it it's not a thing that's happening as uh, far yeah. as i'm concerned no i'm I've... going back to the movies yes someday. can i point yes. out one non-star wars thing that i didn't notice the night of the or the day of but i noticed later and i was very excited about embarrassingly mm-hmm. so a mighty ducks movie a new mighty ducks <gasps> movie with new kids but still Get with, out of here with gordon bombay but featuring yes! emilio yeah, estevez still- yeah 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 uh, yes. Actually, I'll I'll do another one while we're playing that game. They're doing a Rescue Rangers being voiced by Andy Samberg. And I, oh God, there's another comedian who I like and I can't think of his name right now, but I am pumped for that too. Is it a show or is it like an animated movie? I'm pretty sure it's a combo live action Ooh. animation together, but I could be wrong about that. Don't quote Ooh. me. I did see they're bringing Willow. Willow's getting his own series. Love it. I loved the Willow movie. Um, Featuring Warwick Davis, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. As um, the, what do they call the sorcerer? The, it's, it's not the Sorcerer Supreme. That's damn uh, 
Doctor Strange. What is, what is he called in, in Willow? The uh, Master Sorcerer, maybe? Something like, yeah, something like that. It's been a while since I even have that movie somewhere around here, and I, I can't remember. I haven't watched it in a while. But, um, yeah, as we're getting off top. And I saw they're bringing Dinosaurs. Do you guys remember that show, Dinosaurs? The, it was like uh, the from Jim TGIF, Henson. From the yes. claymation, like uh Well, they were like the big Jim Henson yeah. puppet yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. Yep, they're bringing that to uh, Disney+. Plus. How are they bringing it back? The, hold up. Not I don't, to be a, no, I don't think they're no. bringing it back. They're just bringing the series, the old series, to Disney+. Plus. Oh, they're re-releasing yep. it as is? That sounds yeah, like I a think so. It does not It could be dangerous. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. You mean not the mama. A couple, we, a couple years ago, <laughs> does not hold up. The other, like, um, uh, the other co- comedian is John Mulaney. There mm. we go. Yeah, and he's awesome too. And yeah. I suck for forgetting his name, but he's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for that duo. Uh, Josh, not, we're going off the rails here. I don't care. I love pop culture. Is <laughs> is it? Does it not hold up because it's not funny, or because it's like, oh, you can't say that in 2020? No, it's not funny. Okay, mm. that I'm not shocked by. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> I don't I don't remember dinosaurs being like edgy but i was also no. not that old when i, I mean there's that. a lot of there's a lot of full house and and uh what was it um urkel stuff that that wouldn't hold up today either with some of the jokes uh family matters family is matters. timeless justin family matters thank you <laughs> perfect strangers definitely would not hold up today either um uh, we're, we're getting a little farther <laughs> back then <laughs> um but family matters tons of stuff of perfect strangers don't what? Yeah. what? That's a lie. Harriet, no. no, Harriet is this a receptionist at their work. I'm not kidding. Harriet? Yeah. Har- what? That's Carl's the wife, wife of Carl Winslow. Come on. Come on. Uh, Get, catch up, Justin. Uh, <laughs> I thought they were in like two different cities. Full House is in uh, San Francisco. Wasn't Family Matters in Chicago? This, perfect Strangers. Not, not perfect, strangers perfect Strangers. Sorry. Perfect Strangers Belkis was in Bartokamus. Chicago. Yeah. Come on. Wasn't that in like New York or Chicago? Well, I'm pretty sure that um, that which uh, Family Matters is also in Chicago. Yeah, Family Matters is in Chicago. I know that. And isn't Perfect Strangers in Chicago? That's what I thought. Yeah, so that's how they take place in the same place, Justin. <laughs> oh, I thought he said question. full. I thought he said full house. <laughs> no, Sorry, no, I thought he said oh, they full live in San house in Perfect it's Strangers. It's all over the opening credits. Gotcha. I was we've like, all, wait we've a minute. We've all seen him driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. In a <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Those aren't the same convertible. Get out of here. Um, so as we've wandered clearly way off topic from the Star Wars news that we've got, there's so much um, golden age of television guys. I don't know what's to we have a ton of new shows and a new movie coming, uh, in the next couple years, we've got, uh, Star Wars visions. We have the Mandalorian. We have Star Wars, a droid story. We have Lando rogue squadron, which will be a movie. Uh, so uh, missed opportunity. Lando should be the Calrissian Chronicles. Come on. He said it right in his thing. And- <laughs> uh, we have Ahsoka. We have uh, Rangers of the New Republic and or uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Acolyte, and we have the Bad Batch. We have a mix of everything in this in this on. release. There's so much. Uh, and what- uh, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Did I got that. Yep. That? Yep. I got that uh, one. That's the only movie that they announced. Um uh, and the Taika Waititi movie. Oh, yeah. They did yes, announce that, we but just they don't, don't have any info yeah. yet. Yeah. It's like the only info was the uh, title card or whatever, which was this like weird angled animation pop art thing, which 
people are already speculating because of Star Wars. But right. There it is. Yeah. So that's all we got. Um, but I, there's tons of stuff coming out here. Josh, what uh, if you're looking at this list? What are what are you most excited to watch or see? I mean, we all obviously all of it. But what are you? What are like your key two or three that you're looking at? Um, probably Rogue Squadron, um, because it's a movie, and that's it's like the only thing that has been announced for the theater that is that we have any idea what it's going to be, and you know thinking about i i like love fighter pilot stuff so i think that this could be super cool and the fact that um you know the 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 director uh patty she she uh said you know she has like uh her dad was a fighter pilot so she like has a passion about that so i think that it'll be Mm -hmm. really uh like relatively accurate um and then obviously i'm excited for ahsoka um, I don't think I need to explain that. <laughs> and then, uh, even though it's, I'm, I'm just, re- I'm really intrigued by Obi Wan because I feel like it's shaping up to be something completely different than what we thought it was going to be when they announced mm-hmm. it. Like we thought it was going to yep. be like him sitting on Tatooine, contemplating and watching over Luke for well, four episodes, I, and now it's turning into something I, else. I, w- I would like to go on record now that this stuff is coming out. You can go back and listen to the episodes, and I'm pretty sure I did that. specifically say, <laughs> guys, it's not like he's just going to be sitting around in the desert watching a baby sitting in a hut. Like, there's going to be things going on. And everybody oh, was yeah. like, well, I don't know. He's just in exile on Tatooine. It sounds boring. I'm like, well, I'm, I ne- we're not just going to watch. I we're not going to just watch that for seven hours. Never no, said it sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think we were all. Uh, we all just kind of speculated what it could be, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, flashbacks, right. To, you know, some of his experiences when he was younger or it's new missions, you know, uh, there's a whole novel of Kenobi with the sand people with the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, so it could be a number of different things, but, uh, we did get confirmation though, right. That Hayden Christensen has signed on to be a part of that series, uh, as Darth Vader. Not as Anakin, but as Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. So super excited to see that again. And again, as what I said in the beginning of the show, uh, potentially rumors of Tamara Morrison being on that show as well. And and we've asked that question on this show several times is what happened to Cody? What happened to some of these other clones uh, after Order 66? We know they get phased out over time because they get replaced by real like humans that are not clones or people that are not clones but what happened to all of the clones that existed during that time hey when i said maybe cody feels bad about what he did to obi-wan and he would try to seek him out on tatooine again people said i was a fool (laughs) i was an idiot it's ridiculous i don't think that that's gonna be what happens let's see what happens yeah see what happens yeah I'm excited. You, I mean, Rex Rex felt bad. But the reason I don't that's think true. that that's going to be what happens is because I think we don't we already have like light confirmation that Cody plays a villain <laughs> in the Bad Batch cartoon. So I think so. I, I That's why I said I light confirmation. Yeah, light confirmation. Yes. It, it looks well, like the clones in the Bad Batch have some kind of confrontation because I'm assuming maybe the Bad Batch does not have the inhibitor chip. 
Well, that was my assumption too, is that they were specifically designed so they don't have that Order 66 didn't work on them. So then they would have been at odds with the clones when that yeah. happened. Yep. That's kind of what I figured. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Will you be an angel for a helpless Baby Yoda? Every day, Baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away. Kyle, what looking at this list, what are you what are you most excited for out of these what are the, your top 2 or 3? I think Ahsoka's on the nose, like I'm obviously very curious about that story for sure. Um but uh Visions um, yes, I love animation. I like anime. I am not so precious about, I love star Wars and I don't think I have to justify that to anybody, but I'm not so precious about it that I'm like, don't try something different. Don't, don't show it to me in a mm-hmm. different way. I think that can be really, really cool. So, uh, I'm interested in giving creative people a little bit of freedom to do what they do and, and see how that turns out. I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah. Andor, I think, is going to be cool. I like to see like kind of the nitty gritty of the rebellion. I think that's sort of what Rebels was, and um, minus some lightsabers, I think Andor is going to be kind of figuring out how this rebellion is becoming a thing. And um, we know Cassian had to do things that he didn't really feel good about, but you know sometimes in times of war, you got to do bad things for the greater good. That's like a common theme. And I I think we're going to be revisiting things like that. And it'll be really interesting to get those characters like Mon Mothma and uh, hopefully Bail Organa and some of those people who were building the rebellion, get them fleshed out a little bit more since we know of them, but we don't really know them Mm. that much. Um, and Acolyte, I think I'm excited about the High Republic in general. It's a new era of Star Wars. It's right around the corner. Uh, we're going to be talking about it on air like soon in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. So um, I think it's interesting that they're jumping to the end and they're focusing uh, what would dark side villain, however you want to classify that. Um, so obviously there's some kind of plan there, but that's... Um, 
makes me curious about what they're going to do. So I think those are probably like, I'm really curious about all those. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just one thing to to point out. The, the, the Acolyte gives me confidence for the story building just in general in Star Wars because if they're if they are giving us this like high Republic like publishing thing, but then there are already like planning this show that is supposed to be like the end of the high Republic era. Like it just makes me feel like their stuff's going to be more cohesive than maybe some things in the last several years have been. Yeah. 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 Uh, Like (laughs) they clearly must have some kind of plan if they're already putting the end out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. And I think that was that we talked about that article that or the interview that Dave Filoni was in a little bit ago where, you know, you look at how George started with doing four, five and six. And then he was like, oh, no, I'm going to go back and do one, two and three. And you leave Classic this Tarantino in it. it. You leave the Yeah. You leave this large gap of time in between there that you can world build all of these other stories and characters that intertwine with what's happening you already know the end and now it's hey how did we get to the end here's the beginning hey but along the way we're gonna pull in all these these characters in between so uh you know i'm i'm super excited for uh the ahsoka show i thought the the artwork that they paired with that graphic was really cool with the world between worlds well, it's like a, if you know you know man <clears throat> for sure yeah yeah if, if you've if you've watched rebels then you know um but that artwork behind it really suggested or hinted that maybe we get a little bit more explanation behind that um you know i'm excited for visions uh as well i love the anime stuff can't wait to see that uh and then the rogue squadron movie the uh, i'm super excited for that too because those are the books that i read when i was younger i didn't read as much as the of the eu stuff as as chris and josh did um but the rogue the the x-wing books were what those were my jam like those were what i read and that's that's what i loved because i loved like the dog fighting uh, story stuff that went along with it. I am wondering where that's going to fit. And like, are they going to, because you have like some heavy hitters who already have already been cast and other things that were part of rogue squadron. So I'm like, what part of their history are we going to, f- I mean, obviously their history is no longer, mo- most of their history is no longer Canon, but like what, what do we- I'm just very interested. I'm not worried about it, but I'm just interested in, like what part of that are are they going to focus on? I was a, I can't remember like specifically what they were saying that made me feel this way, but I was under the impression that it was like the name of the squadron of pilots, but this was taking place after immediately after the fall of the empire or something like that. Um, I, I don't remember why I got that impression, and maybe I just completely made it up. That I, was the feeling that I got. The X Wing they show an, is is old is an old school X Wing though. Like the, yes, it's not a it's not a sequel trilogy. Po- New Republic X Wing. It's a it's a T eighty five or six, whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking more like the like in the Mandalorian times, like where it's we're still changing over. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I could have completely made that up. None of us really because know. Because the, so, I mean, that you know, it, Rogue Rogue Squadron couldn't have existed for all that long because you know, in Rogue One, the day before a new hope starts, they invented it. They were Rogue One, and then mm-hmm. it sprang out of that. So it, you know, it, yeah. Unless it takes place during the original trilogy, which would be, I think, would be hard to do, but it's not unreasonable. I think the only thing that she hinted at in a recent interview was that it's it's 
she's taking great influences from the games in the books. So if you go back to N64, there was a Rogue Squadron game uh, specifically for N64 and then all of the books. So I, it doesn't really say, um, you know, what era, but I'm going to guess heavy on Wedge, uh, maybe like a younger Wedge, um, you know, and a couple others in there. But uh, we'll see. You think that you think the next movie they put out is going to be diving into the original trilogy? I don't know. That's another thing know. that I was I'm, like, mm, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just really upset we didn't get Porkins the series. Why? Why did we yet. not get Porkins? There's some the that series. haven't yet. been announced. It's not worth, yet. It's <laughs> worth <laughs> noting that there are some that have not been announced. So they're greenlighting everything right now. If you got a pitch, pitch it. I'm going to pitch Porkins as a comedy. Well, you comedy guys, uh, you, it would have to be. Uh, you, his name is Porkins, and he's like a chubby dude. What do you like? <laughs> how is it not a joke? But you oh, guys man, are clearly excited for the, the Top Gun sequel, Maverick, mm-hmm. huh? Yes. With yeah. your fighter pilot stuff you've been talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm going to see it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. You and everybody else in America, of course you are. I mean, I don't know that I'm like super mm. jazzed for it like i don't i don't love tom cruise but on principle um, I, yeah I, I get it I, was, I get it you know uh <laughs> i'm ice, excited for the movie ice man you know yeah art not the artist yeah i'm there yeah i'm ex- i'm excited for the movie it looks really well done at least from the footage that i've seen and how they did it well top gun was sick in the 80s of course yeah. it's like 40 years later of course yeah. it's gonna be awesome oh yeah um, but again, back when movie theaters open back up, cause I'm not taking that no for an answer. I love movie theaters. I'm I love, going. Yeah. I'm going, I love movie theater popcorn. I can't, you can't get, you cannot replicate when that same popcorn safe, at home. I'm yeah. going. Yes. Yeah. I, I had one other question that floated out of my brain, but it just came sure. back. Uh, you were talking about the logo for Ahsoka. Will it cheapen? The... Now this is just a thought. So I don't, I don't, and I'm, I, I don't know. Will it cheapen the rescue of Ezra if it's her pulling him out of some other point in history like he did with her? Oh, like Ooh. right when the Purgle's about to yeah, zip like, him off, well, she's yeah. like, whoop, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yes, hmm. I, would, I think that would. Cheapen. Yeah, I think that would. Yeah. I don't think that would be good for the storyline. And because she was clearly against it when he did it to her. So why would she? Well, and, and he, I don't know that everybody really understands this and feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but he put her back right where he took her from. Like yeah. he snatched her out and saved her from getting chopped or getting crushed or whatever and put her right back in that same place at that same time, mm-hmm. uh, which is what she was saying. It's like, you can't change things, which I like. It's ambiguous. Maybe he did save her from from Vader or the collapse of that or whatever, but um, he didn't pull her back to like where he was. Right. He just talked to her and put her back. She was like mentoring him. Yeah. That's not how uh, the world between world. Cause you know, if you snatch someone and take them to another time that like creates a whole problematic thing, time travel thing, you got to explain and that's cumbersome. Lots of rules associated with that that uh, we are not familiar with because we are not time travelers. But um, Speak for yourself, either, yeah. way, <laughs> either way, uh, we have a ton of new content coming from Disney over the next couple years. Star Wars is a booming business right now, and it will continue to grow 
as long as people continue to watch these. Now, I think the only way that you're going to see this shrink is if the stories for some of these start to deteriorate or if they don't have enough behind it to do anything with. So um, I'd be shocked if anything, any, if that happened with anything they've already announced, it seems like this stuff is already pretty well mm -hmm. on its way. Yeah. That would be the only thing that I can think. And I know some of them are limited run series, which makes it much more digestible. Like, Rangers of the New Republic. Um, I can't. A droid story, I think, is Star Wars Visions is, is only eight or ten. I think eight or ten of them. And then, yes, Kenobi is what six or eight episodes. It's like a TV mini series. So it's a limited run. Yeah, it makes it much, much more digestible to people to go. Hey, it was just a one and done kind of thing. I can go back and watch it whenever I want. Um, and it's not an oversaturation of the Star Wars market killer way to tell a story too because you get six to ten hours of content but you get one story you know a a series runs the risk of like uh we got to keep it going because it's a cash cow or and people are watching or whatever and there's a bad season or whatever but if you're doing a, a mini series you're getting the time to tell like one really well thought out story a good mini series is peak oh yeah television oh yeah um, but speaking of series on television, we're here today to talk about The Mandalorian. And we have episode seven, chapter 15, titled The Believer. Uh, it was written by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, uh, directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, fantastic job in this episode, too. Um, Normal cast of characters is back. We have Mando, we have Boba, which is really awkward to say normal cast of characters now that Boba is in there, uh, just in the, in the swing of things here. Uh, we have, uh, um, Cynthia Dune is back. We did not, we did not have Grogu. The child was nowhere to be found in this episode because he's hanging out with of the uh, series that with yeah. uh, no screen time for the baby Yodes. Yep, he was not not there at all. Uh, but we did get a, a character that we saw in season one. We did get the return of Miggs Mayfeld, who is played by Bill Burr. And we did get a new character in Valen Hess, who is played by Richard Brake. Uh, he has been in several things, uh, TV and movie-wise. He was in uh, Game of Thrones. He was in Tremors, Shrieker Island. Uh, he was in Three from Hell, Thor the Dark World. He was also in Batman Begins. He was Joe Chill in Batman Begins. Huh. Yeah, I know. I was like, I completely forgot about that. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Um, but it was cool to see him as as this Valen Hess character. I think he did an exceptional job uh, in that role. It was, it was fun to watch. He was creepy. He was a evil Imperial uh, ISB agent. So it was kind of cool Chalice, to watch. Man, he was heartless. Yeah, uh, we start we start this episode uh, on the Karth and Chop fields, and we pretty much end on Morak, which is an Imperial mining facility. Um, you know, through the Top whole episode, secret Imperial mining facility. Yes, they um, thought it was an abandoned uh, planet. Nothing was there. Yep, yep. Um, so it, it it it's on this planet pretty much most of the time. Some interesting facts uh, about the episode: uh, Rhydonium first appeared in Clone Wars season five, episode twelve. Uh, it's a highly volatile explosive material, mostly it's basically used all for, it does is blow up. 
Yeah, yeah. It's used for fuel, uh, for allegedly for Never fuel, but far. it's always sitting in like a barrel on a landing platform, which really seems quite dangerous. But you know, don't Agreed. put it besides the Empire to do anything not dangerous. I mean, they don't provide guardrails for anything. So uh, <laughs> OSHA no is not around in the Empire. Yeah. Uh, the A six Juggernaut, which is that giant tank hauler thing that you see uh, hauling around the Rhydonium is basically a newer version of what we were came to know as the turbo tank during the Clone Wars. It's just a slimmed down kind of modified version of that. Um, Pedro Pascal and Richard Brake uh, made their debut uh, in the fourth season of Game of Thrones. So they were didn't come in until later. Uh, and then this is the first episode and we talked about it where the child does not appear. There's no Grogu. No baby Yoda. No little green guy. Not one frame. He's he's gone. He's AWOL. So uh, we're going to break down this episode a little bit. And we did this on Friday night. We kind of talked about this episode. I, For me, it was not one of my favorite episodes. But I think this is probably one of the best episodes when it came to character development. And it was not of a character that is a main character. It was mostly a character development episode for Miggs Mayfeld. A little bit of Din Jaren as well, I think. But oh, for, definitely for Din. Yeah, I, I definitely for Din. But like, time. but for for a character that's only appeared in one other episode in the show, we got a ton, a ton of information on on Miggs Mayfeld. Yeah, I'd say we learned more about about Miggs, but we got more evolution and more arc mm. from uh, from Din. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was it was really cool. It was uh, it's still action packed. We still had a ton of action in this episode. Um, very Mad Max vibes throughout the whole thing uh, <laughs> with it, and uh, we had great uh, com- comic one liners from Bill Burr, uh, and we we did see uh, some emotional moments. I, I thought he yeah, nailed it. Yeah, I was going to say he, he's funny and he's got good comedic delivery. That's like he's literally a comedian, but. A great dramatic performance. Like mm-hmm. he played a small role in Breaking Bad, which is of course a drama. But even in that, he didn't have. He was he was a character. He didn't have like a a big dramatic role. This is like the the best actual acting I've I've ever seen him do. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know he had the chops for that. I was surprised. Very did surprised. You? Yeah, very surprised. I know he did. Yeah, I didn't know he had it in him. But he got, he, yeah, you know, when, when we get there to the end and, and we kind of talk about that scene, he, I mean, you could see it in his eye. Like he almost looked like he was about to cry a little bit. And at that point I was kind of feeling the same thing. Like, dude, I feel your pain right now. And like when, when somebody pulls you in like that and gets you feeling the same thing that they do, whether it's in a movie or TV show, you know, they've done that, you know, they've done an outstanding job with the character. Well, he said, uh, you know, they all of the people that he was serving with a whole company yeah. five ten thousand people they all died and mm-hmm. and these people fighting for their freedom you know to protect their huts who these innocent people who died and it's it's sad and like we don't think about that star wars like it's a running gag in a lot of other media that like oh just do it like star wars where you don't ever have to feel guilty about all these billions of people dying but like it's a thing that happens and like he you can see that it, it weighs on on 
Miggs Mayfield. And I think that's a real thing that would be happening to people in this world. And then when you're confronted with this guy who helped orchestrate it and is completely cold and unfeeling about the thing and is like, well, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And then that's, that's what makes them snap, you know? Yeah. I like that they tied this all in with Operation Cinder because I feel like that's that's been this like um, touch point for more than one character to defect or have some sort of emotional breakdown. Like Erica Quell from the from the Alphabet Squadron books, uh, you know, her uh, commanding officer makes her leave, but he makes her leave because he can tell that she can't handle it. Um, mm-hmm. And that it's, you know, so it's, and it's wild with all the crazy other things that the empire has done, but that's, they've, they've made that like a, a new, like Alderaan kind of point for people and kind of weeding out the, the, the terrible yeah. people from the people that are just in the wrong place at the wrong time. As far as Imperials which, are concerned. Which if you haven't read the second book of Al- Alphabet Squadron, you should definitely read that. It uh, is impressive. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the end for you, but uh, the cliffhanger, it is a good, good cliffhanger in that book. So check it out. Uh, Highly, highly recommend it. But yeah. um, Nobody. Come on. (laughs) I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. (laughs) Terrible movie. I know. I know. I know that. that What's uh, what's his name? Rooker's in that. Michael (laughs) Rooker's in that. (laughs) Uh, and I do like Michael Rooker, but uh, not a good movie. Not a good movie. Um, so, you know, we kind of did this last week where we kind of just we, we're not going to go back through the whole episode and, and kind of rehash uh, everything minute by minute. But, you know, we can kind of talk a little bit about our favorite parts Um Because obviously, if you're listening to the show at this point, I would hope you have seen the episode. And certainly by last Friday when we did our Razor Crest reacts and we kind of ruined the whole episode for everybody that's watching it. um, We hope that you watch it on the same day that it rolls out. But uh, still available on YouTube if you haven't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we've got we've got cool intro music. You should listen and check it out. We got some pretty, pretty sweet intro music. Intro Uh, music is only on the podcast version, though. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Got to tune into the Spotify or Apple or wherever Did, else as you guys were as you guys were watching this in the beginning and i went back and i watched it uh, for a third time i had to watch this episode for a third time because there was a lot of good stuff in the episode did you guys catch the little uh wolf-like alien in the back of the chop yard when migs was walking through it did you guys see that um yeah. the the one i can't remember what it's called but wasn't there i think like we saw him in maz's uh place and mm-hmm. then also there were i think it was one of the uh, the mug shots too from yes. uh, Cara Dune's desk. Yep. I don't know what it's called. Ha- though. It's a, it's a Hask species is what they are. It's like a wolf looking creature and you see him like hunched over kind of walking through Maz's castle at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see quite a few of them actually in resistance. If you guys haven't watched resistance, well, it's only two seasons. Not. Yeah. <laughs> it's only two seasons. Um, I will say this. It, it was, it started slow. Um, it picks up by the end of the first season. Ugh, the second yeah. season at the start was actually pretty good. Um, the end of the second season, I was just kind of left with like, okay, that really, that was it. But um, those characters or the, that species is, is in there a lot with the um, pirates, which are Aqualish. 
in there. So there's quite a few of them lumped together with the pirates that are in resistance. So um, if you if you want to see what they look like, you can find them anywhere on Wikipedia. Go check out those scenes. Uh, but it was kind of cool to see just another nod to another show or a movie stuck in the background. Uh, clearly, we saw the Adat walkers repurposed in the back with the four legs and the giant cranes ripping the TIE fighters apart. Oh, yeah, the AT-AT um, crane. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Is it oh, still an AT-AT crane? The Adat crane? At cranes. Oh. Uh, but they were in the background everywhere. I loved seeing the Imperial junkyard, essentially, is what it was. Just a giant graveyard of TIE fighters. I did call um, that, which we, I said it was going to be like Braca. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Um, and, and that's what we see in Jedi Fallen Order, right? When he's working in, it almost, it looked like a, a new, a Republic uh, graveyard because it was old Republic Clone Wars ships that were in there mostly. So it was pretty cool to see that. Well, that um, I love to see that. And this is like nerdy of me, but it's, it's kind of along the lines of what I was saying earlier, but it's very real. It makes, it's the kind of world building that really fleshes out star Wars. Like no matter who's in charge, there's going to be prisoners and there's going to have to be somebody that watches them. There's going to have to be something for them mm-hmm. to do. There is going to be all these old rundown ships. And then what happens to them? Where do they go? They can't just pile up. You got, you know, it, like there are these logistical things and it doesn't matter who, who's running the show, who we, like whoever we decide are the good guys, or the bad guys, like certain logistics and bureaucracy just happen and have to take yeah. place. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I I think it's oddly interesting to see them like show those things in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know he. So we we see a very I don't want to put this a very downtrodden uh, Migs Mayfeld, right? Uh, at Justin, this point. he's locked up, man. People, he's locked up. I know he aren't feeling like happy go lucky. He's 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 locked down. He's doing yeah. hard labor. He's doing hard L- labor. Literal hard labor. He's the one hard labor in this chop field. And the guy just wants to do his job at this point when he gets interrupted by the security officer. Um, but we get an arrival from, from Cara Cynthia Dune, who basically tells him he's been freed and they need his help. So if they get, they go walking through the chop, chop field and he gets back to this ship and we get, you know, we see slave one uh, there and, and Boba comes walking down the ramp and he makes this offhanded comment like, Oh, I, Thought you were the other guy. And he was startled. He was scared. <laughs> he startled oh, that he sees another else. Mandalorian. Yeah. And then here comes Mando down the ramp and Bill just, Bill's head just kind of sinks down. He's like, oh, man. Uh, what did you guys think of Boba's new paint job? Let's let's talk about this. He's He's got a new paint job. It's matte, like a matte green, uh, which makes the little red like digital thing on his chest pop a little bit more, I think. But it's all matte. What do you guys think of that? Um. I didn't love it, but it, it's fine. I did I did uh, find out through looking at photos and seeing people's commentary on Twitter that you could tell if you looked closely or you had like a high def enough TV that like he did just paint over it. Like it's not flat. Like you can tell where um, there was still some like bumps and stuff where there was still paint and then it was more flat where the paint had rubbed off. Mm. I hated it. <laughs> I, I did. I thought it looked bad, uh, like compared to the other armor. Like it just wasn't as cool. I don't like that he painted over the dent. The 
And, and I think what I'm like most upset about is that it could have been, and maybe still could be, it could have been a cool plot point that led us to Din painting his armor um, in whatever style he deems fit, you know, cause it's time to start mm-hmm. pumping out some new Mandalorian merch next season. You know what I mean? Like we can't do silver forever, but <laughs> uh, you know, it, the painting of the Mandalorian armor is a personal thing and it's an important thing to Mandalorians. And like, I'm not mad that he did it, even though I thought it looked cooler weathered, but like I wanted him to, say why it was important to him that he do that yeah otherwise why and if it wasn't important like really now in the middle of we're going to save the child from kidnapping i'm gonna just touch up my armor because it's important (laughs) look he just got it back i mean yeah he's he's got to look good when he goes did you ever did you ever what did it look like right before he fell in the sarlacc pit it was not like freshly painted you know it's not like this is a thing for him true it was a little worn when he fell in the sarlacc pit so um, I, you know, I didn't mind the mat. I, I kind of like the fact though, that he's still wearing the, the black, uh, I don't want to, what do I want to call it? Like a neck scarf underneath it. Like he's still wearing the black robe That's thing. Whole, like cloak thing. He had yeah. On, yeah. Yeah. I he's like still that. wearing, yeah. He's still rocking that underneath it. I kind of like that. I'm like, all right, this is like, I've been through some stuff, Boba Fett. This is not like, I got a clean jumpsuit. Here's my armor, Boba Fett. This is like. No, nah, I don't need all that anymore. I'm just going to wear this cloak underneath here. And it, it I think it looks good. The black. I like that part. Yeah. Yeah. I like the black underneath it, which I thought looked really cool. Um, you know, we get on this, we get on slave one, really, really cool inside shot of slave one where they sit down in these chairs and you can clearly tell it's taking off and the sides of the ship that was rotate. Cool. That was really cool because you know when Boba takes off, he's he's horizontal like this, but when he takes off, it switches to they can't see you vertical, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm doing arm motions over here, and I'm like talking to these two, um, but you can clearly see it changes direction, but like the walls move to like center or counterbalance the the seats in yeah, the middle that they're we, sitting on. We talked about that last week about how aesthetically that ship is really cool because it, it lands on the flat part and, and Bobo or Django are sitting in it like uh, um, astronauts kind of like we would mm-hmm. think of they're facing vertically, but uh, it showed and I don't know that we've ever seen the back of slave one like this before, but it showed if you're part of the crew sitting in the back, you can get on and sit down normally and as slave one takes off and adjusts to fly forward, the whole thing rotates around the seats. So you're sitting vertically the whole time, even though the position of the ship rotates 90 degrees. Very cool yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Very nice super, for your passengers. Yeah. Super cool visual to see, though, actually, the inside of slave one and kind of how it works and and how it operates. Um, well, it's cool to think that the creatives like thought about that too. Yeah. They're like, uh, I mean, what, how does that actually work? Does everybody get, climb in and lay down on their back or what? Obviously yeah. not. Yeah. Um, you know, they, imagine. They, <laughs> yeah. Everybody strap in. Like, how else? Flying that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get on, they tell Migs basically they're looking for Moff Gideon. And at that point, he's he's, he's out. He's, he's like, like nope. no, man, I'm not doing Take that. Me That's back. stupid. I'm chopping up Tie Fighters. And then they tell him, Kara says he, you know, they've got his kid, 
and he looks over at Mando and he's like, the little green guy? And they say, yeah. He says, yeah. And at that point, I think Miggs felt bad a little bit that, that a child has been brought into this and um, is now part of this, you know, and that's why they're trying to get him back. So I think he understands at that point, like, hey, kids, well, kids really like, shouldn't be involved in this, you know. Yeah, that's like a universal judge of like who has character. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're willing to mess with a kid, you're you're definitely a bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And any type of quote good person is gonna be like, ah, oh, that's not really okay. Yeah, yeah. Weren't so, you the one that said on a previous episode those kids? I sure did. <laughs> I sure <laughs> did. I also never oh. claimed to be a good person, Josh. <laughs> I can't remember what the reference was, but. It was be- because they were like, because I believe that at the end of the season finale, we're still going to have a captive baby Yodes. And I- I'm, in, our- I'm in that same boat, Kyle. I- and I think it's just too much for them to rescue. Yeah, him they're not going to do in that one in one episode. episode. Yeah. And our-, our guest Candace was like, but the kids, but the kids will be so sad. And I said, you know what? <laughs> them kids. <laughs> He's not getting out. <laughs> We're around the one hour mark. If we want to put R two D two noises over that, <laughs> boop it, boop, boop. <laughs> uh, I yeah, say leave it. It's Kids uh, it's it's one of those things. In case you guys don't know, Kyle is the villain of our show. Uh, he is the bad guy, uh, but also the fan favorite. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Just keeping I, it real. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named... Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. I think he he understands that there's a little bit of a, a moral code here, and we find that we find that out later, right? When he talks to um, Hess about uh, his his past dealings with the Empire. So, well, and I said this on the live show, but if you did not tune into that, I boo, I don't think this. Yeah, I know. You, if you don't, if you didn't tune to that, you obviously are not the coolest. But um, I think we're learning who Miggs really is. Like we mm-hmm. got this impression of him from this, from the first episode we saw him in, um, you know, they were doing bad things. He was part of a crew breaking a bad guy out of jail, whatever. But, 
uh, we're mm-hmm. learning that this guy had some things going on and he, yeah, he was part of the empire, but he didn't really want to be, he was forced into service. He was not like pumps to be a part of the things that he was. And he feels guilt about it and all these things. And I think where we learned this episode that makes, I don't think he changed. I think we just learned who he really is. Yeah. Did we did we ever get confirmation that he was forced into service or did he join on his own? Did we ever get any kind of confirmation of that? He he made some kind of comment um about uh how he just like the Mandalorians didn't really have a choice in the war. Like you just had to mm. be a part of it. Gotcha. So, okay. Because it's very you know, I took the episode title. There's a bunch of different ways that I think in my opinion, you could take the episode title, right? The Believer. I think you could look at it from a, a standpoint of it's it's Mando doing everything he can because he believes in the child, right? Um, I think the other way that you can look at it is a little bit of Mando and Mayfeld and Mayfeld believing in the Mandalorian and what his mission is, right? And trying to save the child. But I also look at it a little bit from the standpoint of Mayfeld, if he was part of the Empire who turned their back on him, right? He he may have been a believer when he first joined and what the Empire was trying to do. Well, there was when, definitely an Imperial true believer in this episode. He just got his heart shot out. Yes, exactly. So I, I think you can look at that title in his, in several different ways where, you know, maybe he did believe in the Empire at some point, but then when they turned on him and blasted all of his friends and troops that he served with. He went, mm, I'm not about this anymore. This is not what I signed up for. I don't believe in it anymore. So I, I think there's a couple different ways you can take the title. And yes, Kyle, there's Valen Hess, who clearly is a believer in what he's doing uh, and then gets capped at the end. But, um, you know, they, they, they basically hash out the plan uh, to go to this planet called Morak, where there is an Imperial mining base, secret Imperial mining base, which they're all secret apparently. Uh, They go to Morak and they're kind of up on this hill to talk about the plan of who's going to go hijack one of these juggernauts and sneak into the base so that they can get into the comm relay thing or the, the, I don't know what you call it, the little, the interwebs machine that they got in there to find where Moff Gideon is, right? So they... They're arguing over who's going to go. And at one point, I think it's it's Kara. And then somebody's like, well, why doesn't Boba go? And Boba's like, uh, I, I think they might recognize they my might face. They might recognize my face, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, so he says it's a, it's an Imperial base run by ISB agents. So mm-hmm. they're going to scan your your DNA, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, Kara was a Republic jump shock trooper, trooper yeah. shock trooper. Yeah. And then... Uh, Fennec Shand is wanted by the ISB. And then somebody in the live chat said they didn't get this joke, but I will fill you in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boba Fett is a clone, like the clone troopers, as in the same face as every single millions and millions of soldier in the Grand Army of the Republic. Cody, Rex, Jango. Potentially the (laughs) most recognizable face (laughs) in the galaxy far, far away. Right. Uh, so he can't go in and this is where no for him. Mando steps up and basically says, I'm going to do it, but I'm not showing my face. So he works it out to, uh, 
uh, Kara, Migs, and Mando kind of climb out this cliff. They jump down onto the one of the ace, the juggernauts passing underneath them through a tunnel. They go in through the top hatch and basically take out the two, uh, clo- uh, the two um, Kara A6 did that pilots. Handedly, she knocked them right yeah. out. Yeah, it was uh, a brutal. They didn't even have a chance to get out of their chair. It was <laughs> they didn't even have a fair chance. They just like got smacked around on the dashboard and on on their own heads. But um, she takes them out. They sneak in. They steal the armor. And Mando has covered his face with the um, basically a tank driver helmet that was in Rogue One. Um, mind you, the armor's a different shade. Uh, they were white, I think, in Rogue One. Here they're green, uh, which is really cool to see the armor reused. Um, but they steal the armor, and that's the plan, right? We're going to go in incognito, disguised as stormtroopers. We're going to take this Rhydonium in there. Um, once we're in, we're going to get into this comm unit, and then we're getting out of there. And that's the plan. So Yeah, and I, I think this whole like train heist Mad Max thing drug on a little bit. Did it I I mean maybe I'm maybe it felt I'm long to you. that, but it felt like it was like half the episode and they could have done done away with like one or two entire waves of pirates. But um <laughs> But you, know, you lose I, that I know dramatic there was a little effect. bit of character development there with him yeah. fighting with the other armor, but uh that part really drug on for me. Yeah, so they they get moving on the juggernaut with and Rhydonium. Apparently, if it takes bumps in the road, it goes volatile and can go into the red and blow up. Yeah, and he couldn't go too bad fast. He had to stay under a certain speed. That's when it started getting really haywire. <laughs> Where was Keanu Which, Reeves? I don't know what a what a terrible can't, design. Can't let this juggernaut go over fifty five miles an hour. It might how blow it, up. How is it spaceship fuel? <laughs> but you can't. Drive with it on <laughs> land too fast. And if that if it's like the bumpy land driving, why not just use speeders, which are like very prevalent in the Star Wars universe? I, I did wonder problems here. I did wonder yeah. why it wasn't on a repulsor craft. Why it was on a well because that's, that's what that's what, a repulsor craft. That's what it's called. <laughs> okay. All well, right. That's what they use. That's what the hover tanks are essentially in Rogue One is they float and that's what they're carrying all of the kyber crystals on. Yeah, the stuff that you don't want like bumping into things. (laughs) Right. Like how maybe because those are slower than the juggernauts. But again, if speed is an issue, why would you use the juggernaut, not the hover tank? I don't know. I don't know. There's not going to be an answer. What does the Empire do that makes sense? Come on now, people. Little. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I think after the first wave of pirates hit him, Kyle, and, and clearly one, one stormtrooper dispatched what, like four pirates on the first craft. And then they came in with like two more and he dispatched of the next two. Like, I was like, I, oh, I, geez, wait, we're still yeah. driving to this place. My God. And again, that's maybe where the pirates were not smart enough. But after the first one got dispatched, maybe send all five at the same time, not just two. I don't know, but. Um, they, clearly, they were trying to blow up the Rhydonium, uh, and there had been other instances where... Which, did anybody ever explain why the pirates are just pulling up and exploding you? <laughs> like, what's the, what were they getting no. out of this deal? I'm wondering if they weren't actually pirates and they were, like, insurgents. They were, like, indigenous people who were, like, stop stealing our Rhydonium and effing up our planet mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That would make I think more that's, sense. That which makes I guess more that's sense, yeah. An imperial maybe would call them a pirate, but... Well, so much I mean, of this I episode mean, was from the Imperial perspective. Yeah, their point of view. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that makes more sense because they don't agree with the mining of the planet and the, the substance. All right, I'm convinced so, that's good enough for me. That's yeah, that can be yeah. a thing. So, you know, they're, they're driving along, Josh. they're fending off. Well, go ahead, Josh. Oh, oh no, I was sorry. just going to, I, what I was going to say was kind of going to kind of jump ahead. So I'll jump in at the right time. Oh, okay. Go, okay. go ahead. I mean, we're driving down the lane. I think we we're, get it. We we're drove, on the they juggernaut. Got saved by the, they got saved <laughs> by the, the high fighters. Well, that's what I was going to say was speaking of the perspective thing, I like it was very odd to be happy that TIE fighters showed up, be happy that oh, stormtroopers yeah. mm-hmm. were there to, to shoot the uh, the pirates and then to like come back into the hangar and have all these guys slapping them on the back and stuff and they're stormtroopers. Um, it's like, this is a weird it, juxtaposition. Excuse you, yeah. Josh, pirates, <laughs> they're, they're indigenous people. We just established that. Come yeah, on. but I'm telling you you're that be- I'm talking. You're better no, than that. I'm literally sitting here talking about the Imperial <laughs> perspective. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I love the TIE fighters coming in. That Thanks was a, for listening a great, talk, that oh, was a, a fun moment for me. Cause I, I mean, I love TIE fighters and that was a, they were a little close on those first blaster shots though. I'm like, why are you shooting right next to the dang tanker? That's got the Rhydonium in it. That, that not to mention when he yelled at them earlier, up. he yelled at Din earlier for using the blaster. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Turbo that's really, fire. really close. Uh, and now they did get them, and it, which was weird because I thought they blew up the three little like skiff craft that were chasing after him. But clearly, when he hits the bridge and he says he's got to slow down, there's more of them like running after him on the bridge. And then here come the shore troopers and the stormtroopers to kind of like blast the rest of the indigenous peoples trying to blow up the Rhydonium a- away from the bridge and. I was like, well, where did they come from? Because I thought the skiffs got blown up. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was totally a Mad Max kind of vibe with you know them jumping on the back of this thing to just try to blow it up. Uh, you know, I there was a lot of exposition in there between Miggs and Mando, and Miggs actually delivers a couple really really good lines in there, and um, one of them was basically like, you know, we all do bad things it's just as long as you can sleep at night essentially is what he was saying was like we're all just trying to get by in this galaxy it doesn't matter he really said, which side that you're on as long as you can sleep at night you're good he said if you're from alderaan you believe one thing if you're from yeah. mandalore you believe something else but uh guess what way you're dead yeah yeah both of both of those places are gone yeah. so it was just, it was kind of a cool take. Um, he did deliver a lot of good stuff. You know, he's, he's looking at Mando. He's like, you look ridiculous. Like in that helmet, like what would, what would your people think? What would Mandalore think of you right now? Uh, but it was, he had a lot of dialogue in there that I thought was, was good for his character growth. Bill Burr did still get his uh, one shot to be edgy when he said, when I say you people, I am talking about Mandalorians. <laughs> yes. I, th- I did think they were like making a point of that for sure. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. I heard that. It was hilarious. <laughs> when I do, when I talk about you people, I do mean Mandalorians. It's like, oh man. Um, which clearly we know there's tons of different kinds of Mandalorians out there. There there's, a bunch. Well, that so. and that brings up a, a good question. So he gets inside and like whatever they get congratulate all the people and he's uh, he's gonna go get his face scanned. And I think the point of this is like clearly that Din is choosing like he he's been at odds with what it means to be a Mandalorian and what he's been taught about you know his whole belief system and all these things and 
he's he's now met other Mandalorians that believe other things, and mm-hmm. uh, I think him taking the helmet off was a, a big part of that, but, and I think that was probably the point of all of that, but at the same time, he was given this quest. He was it's, quested. He was, oh, I, hate, I can't even say it. <laughs> it drives me so crazy. Like, he was on a quest <laughs> to, uh, he had to deliver this foundling and that's part of the creed, the code, the, like he had to do it. He has to yeah. do it. So yeah. he, uh, I think we all understand that he is, um, redefining his belief system right now. And he's not necessarily, uh, believing everything that he was told as a child of the watch. But if in that same situation, if that was the armorer or, Paz Vizla or fill in the blank, true believer, child of the watch, where it's take off your helmet or you're never going to find mm-hmm. this foundling that has been left in your care. What choice do you make at that point? Which rule, which part of the creed trumps the other? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. did he definitely break the creed because he took his helmet off or did he definitely follow it because he had to do that to, get the child like i think the point of what they're telling us was it was growth for him to take the helmet off and i get that but on another level like what else was he gonna do yeah yeah and well and bill calls him out on it in in the tanker truck as they're driving he's like so as part of your creed can you not he's like can you not take the helmet off at all or can you just not show your face or he, well, yeah, because I think I already wish I wrote he that was playing down. like yeah, a, but, a little, a little loose with the rules because yeah, the armor never said, "Have you ever shown anybody your face?" She said, yeah. "Have you ever removed your helmet?" And he definitely removed his helmet to put mm-hmm. that other helmet on for yeah. sure. Yeah, but and he, if Bill's no calling one him out on him it. To it, like, I, there's yeah. like some gray area there. Sorry, so, like, Migs. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I'm did he one hundred percent go against the creed when he did that, or did he not? Because the creed said he had to protect and deliver his family. Right. Yeah. And Miggs Miggs well, basically tells him straight up. You're gonna answer me, huh? Uh, I don't I don't mm. I never thought that I never thought that it was removing your helmet completely. I thought that it was removing your helmet in the presence of others. Because, I mean, if that's well, he the case, he already face. broke it in the first season. Well, he was definitely in the presence of others, though, because there was those other officers in the room. No, I know. But right I, what I'm saying is Bill. is that it's it's not th- just a difference between, you know, not taking it off and not and not showing people. But, yeah. No, I, I, I get that. But when he chose to take it off for the scanner, knowing that mm-hmm. people were going to see his face... Was he following the creed because that's what he had to do to protect the foundling and get the foundling? Or did he break it because he removed his helmet and showed his face in front of other people? I, that's a good question. Cause I, I think what's going to happen. Like, so let's say he runs into the armor again and she asks that same question. What is he going to tell her? No, I, I never took th- my helmet off. I don't think he's going to let her steer the conversation like that because he's got some questions for her at this point. That but could that's be a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah, that could be. I want but him to I stroll think... in, put his feet up, take the helmet off and say, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a good question because, you know, Miggs basically says, I mean, look at you when, when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, your rules change. And he, Mando has changed his rules 
ever since kind of coming in contact with this kid. And well, he's learned that his rules, I don't think he changed them. I think that he's learned that the rules he was taught were kind of bull crap. Yeah. And, and I, Miggs is like, what are you going to do, dude? Like, you know, you're in, you're in, you're in the stuff. You got to change your rules. And he call he calls him out on it. And I think when, if, he does run into the armor again. He's going to have to basically say, look, this is what I had to do well, to I, quest I mean, this kid to who he belongs to or his people. And the question I mean, is I know, going to be. I understand why he did it. I understand yeah. how he's going to justify it. But like by the letter of the law, I don't I don't know if he followed the rules or if he broke the rules. Yeah. It had I, to be I think, one. He, either, I think, he either did what he was supposed to do or he broke the rules. It has to be I, one or the other. I think, it, and if we see the armor again, whether it's at the end of the season or next season and he runs into her, that might solve that, answer that question. Because if she says, you did those things, you broke the rules, you're out, then that answers the question. Well, she doesn't get to kick him out, though, because she's not the ruler of Mandalore. Is the whole other thing. But that's, Oh, that's true. We, di- we digress. True. He can still be Mandalorian, just not... The religious well, zealot. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he cares about being in their club anymore. That's not like really. Mm. Like, that's not like his, exactly his what key I'm motive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not his his mo anymore. Um. So yeah, this is this is really really good. He they we get to the base right. We talk about you know we get in behind enemy lines. You see all these troopers. They're clearly surrounded. Yes, Josh. It was a very very different vibe where you see Imperial troops celebrating and congratulating these two on getting the shipment through. And they were apparently the only ones that got a shipment through uh, of the Rhydonium. And they they go to the mess hall. You know, Mig says it's going to be in the mess hall. Uh, at this point, um, you know, and, and it, he said in the very beginning, it's got to scan your face. To, in order for it to work, you got to put in your code, your cylinder code. It's going to scan your face. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So you got to take the helmet off. And Miggs at this point freaks out because he recognizes an officer sitting at one of the tables, which was Valen Hess. And he says, I can't go in there. That was one of my, my commanding officers when I was in the Empire. He might recognize me. He's like, we got to leave. We got to go. Mando says, no, give me the code. So he takes the code cylinder, walks into the dining hall. And he goes up to the machine. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the little comm tower was actually the same thing that Han used. Like the for the mm-hmm. microphone, it was the same thing that Han uses on the prison uh, prison level in uh, New Hope. But uh, everything's he, fine. How are you? Yeah, yeah. And he walks in there, and when he 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 does it at first, he scans it with his helmet on. And and I think Mag, Maggie had a different take of this than than what I did. I think at that point he still didn't trust Bill Burr completely. Because I think he's like, no, he's just BSing me. He's going to get me in trouble in here, right? He's Imperial. He's going to turn me in. I'm just going to scan it with my helmet on, see if he's BSing me. And it clearly doesn't it. work. It cleared it clearly doesn't work. No, and, Ma- and Maggie read it different. She read it as, is he going well, to force no himself to... Hel- there's no such thing as a helmet scan. Like, that. that's not a thing. Like, of course. Right. I don't think he expected that to work. I think he just wasn't able to come to terms with taking that helmet off yet. He yeah. Had to like so, really be forced into it. Yeah. So yeah, he, he kind of put a gun against his head when it started counting down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, he makes the choice. He says, I'm going to take my helmet off and we get this sweaty Pedro Pascal, right? Looking into the little, I don't even know what it, like a graphic interface thing, like a grid that's scanning his face. 
Um, and it lets him in, right? He gets in, he gets the, uh, the, the code or the location of Moff Gideon's ship. Um, he gets all his information. He's putting the code cylinder away. He's turning, he's about to leave. And then he gets confronted by Valen Hess, who basically says, you know, what's your rank trooper? And, or, or what's, what, you know, what's your, what's your ID trooper? And, and he's so confused at this point. I love it because he doesn't know anything about the empire. He doesn't know anything about rules and regulations. And he just starts spouting off like fake positions. Um, you know, he's and he, just he saying lo- like, I'm a driver. I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a co-pilot. Yeah. Like he has no idea what to say. Yeah. And he asked for his TK number and he just like, stares at him and bill burr finally comes in to save him and this gets to like the thing that i cannot believe josh has not mentioned yet lil maneuvers himself yeah he said he was near an explosion or something exploded on he pronounces it tanab but it's tanab yep Yep. uh so uh old brown eyes lost his hearing allegedly according to this this bullcrap story that Miggs Mayfield is making up on the fly, but uh, he lost his hearing on, on Tanab, which I, I love the funny inflection. <laughs> and I also love the reference to like an obscure battle of Tanab. Yeah. I, I think I didn't um, upon, I didn't realize that's even what he said because he pronounced it wrong. Um, Subtitles and- <laughs> help me with that. Cause yeah. it's spelled the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, but- I, I enjoyed the, yeah. uh, the, the return TPS of report Tanab. reference. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> Tanab which, never left. Yeah, no, it didn't. It's always been in my heart too. I don't know like how much people know, like a TPS report is, is a real thing. Like it's a real, like it's a, it's a Toyota production system. Like TPS is a very <laughs> earthly thing. Like, are they filling out Toyota productions? Like, is that a thing in the, <laughs> Like how how long has Toyota been around? How broad is their reach? This is crazy to me. Yeah, actually, or does that's TPS a Tanab stand for production something? report? Actually, oh, uh, okay, that makes the Tanab production system that makes a lot more sense. It's there very efficient. That TPS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a great. It was a great Office Space reference. If yeah. you've not seen Office Space before, go check it out. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I. I that came out of nowhere. I was shocked that that was I in there. Was I was like, surprised did he just drop an office space reference I, in Star Wars? I was like, get out of here. I wondered if well, it was also ad-lib. just like, uh, it's possible. Oh, ad- yeah, that's true. Could be. And it's also just like, of course, the Empire, there would be like stupid paperwork to file and boring, like just behind the scenes bull crap and like. Yeah, we did this thing, and then we had to file our TPS reports mm-hmm. and go get debriefed and go to go to that damn debriefing room that you go to every thirty seconds in the whatever video game that just came out <laughs> in uh, in squadrons. Squadrons, yeah. Yes. That's the whole game is just getting debriefed and rebriefed and briefed and debriefed the whole time. That was actually one of the stories in from a certain point of view, the first one. Uh, it was about, I think, two two stormtroopers or something in an incident, and I can't remember what the incident was, but <laughs> there was like basically, a wreck or something, probably. Yeah, <laughs> he well, it was it was in response to like Luke and Leia getting out of the deaths or something like that, and like the guy had to fill out like oh, what so happened. Much paperwork. Oh no, no, no! It was um, 
It was, and now I remember, it was the troopers that went on um, the Tantive Four that um, stunned Leia, basically, oh, and captured her. And he like the first, the first dude got, so got blasted. Yeah, the first dude got blasted, and they were like, "Well, he was only X days away from retirement, and he <laughs> got blasted." And then like the other troopers have to like fill out this report about capturing her and like all this other stuff the guy really didn't want to do i think that's what it was if i remember right i think that's but there is one of the short stories in in from a certain point of view that was about that so yes they do have to do stupid paperwork after if paperwork every, like, doesn't make you hate the empire yeah. i don't know what will yeah I mean, they blow up pan- <laughs> <laughs> they blow up planets and they make you feel unnecessary paperwork it's yeah. terrible yeah Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Looking for fun and excitement without having to join the First Order or Resistance? Come join your Star Wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at Canto Bight Hotel and Casino located on the beautiful planet of Cantonica. Our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathia racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin and Dan and the modal nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino. Misa win muy muy credits. Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here. Odds are you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Holland to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800 IMI NDBT. The brand is 800 IMI NDBT. One more time, the number is 800 I'm in debt. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please come to response. Uh, but, you know, we get to this great scene with, with Bill Burr um, and Richard Brake, um, who is Valen Hess, at this table kind of sharing a toast, right? Because he, he celebrates that they were the only, the only crew to get through with the Rhydonium. And uh, I thought, again, this is where Bill Burr exercised his his acting chops that I didn't even know he had um, and and just delivers this almost like a, we talked about it on Friday a little bit, almost this little kind of PTSD um, recount of his experience in his time. Yeah. His, his experience in time in the empire and, and what basically I guess left a bad, it was a bad taste in his mouth. And he was like, you guys killed a bunch of innocent people. Like they didn't need to die. He 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 shined a light on like what is the your quote bad guy who like well you know this is just what happens in war and he'll yeah. he'll say like we can justify these things because it's part of the greater good and then Miggs Mayfield is saying well was it good for the people that died was it good f- you know the five to ten thousand soldiers who fought for the empire that died was it good for their families. 
Was it good yeah. for the planet? Was it good for the people who are fighting for their freedom in their homes? Like, who's it really good for? And, and that's when he says, you know, people don't really want freedom. They mm -hmm. want, uh, shit, what did order. he say? So every, order. Everybody thinks yeah, they want freedom, but what they, they really want, want is order. And that that's what triggered that, his rant about, is really, is that what they want? The, what do you call well, them? Muds, mud scuffers? Yeah. that we're fighting for freedom on the planet. Like, is that what they really want? He's like, no, well, and I think that's like a very real world thing because that's a thing people, people will say right now is, you know, people are willing to live with a, not that great status quo just because it means nothing's going to change. You know, it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be comfortable. It just has to be consistent, you know? And, um, uh, there, there, I, I think there is some truth to that. I don't think people will admit that's what they want or they might not understand what they want, but it is, it is easy to keep people docile just by, um, you know, bare minimum content. Yeah. Yeah. Not trying to uh, start a revolution here, but like there's a, well, there's a, there's a happy medium, I think somewhere between freedom and order that exists. Like you don't want the lawlessness of the outer rim, right? Where, you know, like you're just Depends trying to go to the grocery store. The outer rim, yeah. well, they say they like it that way. Right. Like you don't want to be walking to the grocery store to get your to get your blue milk. And then, you know, you get caught up in the crossfire between some bounty hunters. And, you know, that's the way Justin, you go that out. That sounds like, like imperial propaganda, man. That's not how it happens. <laughs> you know, People at the same time. Same... bounty hunters on their way to the blue milk store. That's not well, what's Well, at happening. the same time, you don't want to be forced into a mining camp. The empire's blowing or, up or a chop of field. people in, in one shot. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's a there's a fine balance, I think, between the two that is out there, but nobody nobody has it. You know what I mean? And, and he he Hess makes a comment that clearly the New Republic is not established at this point. They don't know what they're doing. I think they're very the much trilogy. You know that that didn't last very long. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, their their base got blown up, but. I think they're doing very much the same thing that the empire is kind of doing at this point, which is jockeying for power. You've got, you know, the new Republic senators and people within the new Republic trying to, I mean, shoot, Leia got bombed essentially by another Senator who was in there undercover, um, working for the empire. So like, they don't want well, some of this. Gets you don't know who's the, good. You don't know who's bad. Too, yeah. You know, like when, when they undermine, Leia's authority, who who should have been really the leader of the Senate, um, you know, yep. the majority leader, whatever the version of that is in the Galactic Senate, but um, the first uh, senator, that's what they were go. calling it. Yeah, yeah. no, that yeah. is real. That's what but, it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They were yeah. going to call her that as like the she was going to be the new president or whatever, and uh, you know, but they undermined her by establishing that she was uh, Darth Vader's daughter and yep. there's all the political infighting. And, and because of that, you know, power leads to greed and the opportunity for power leads to, you know, people doing shady things. The, mm -hmm. the galactic Senate was never able to like really get a strong foothold and, you know, yeah. first order. Boom, yep. There you go. So I think while Hess knows that that's going on, he also recognizes that the empire is still strong in certain sections, even though there are, I think, higher up individuals still jockeying for power, i.e. Moff Gideon taking out his own people uh, on Navarro, right, in the bar, and uh, taking out the client. So I think there's 
you know, both sides are struggling right now and it's just chaos. That's all it is. It's just chaos. Um, but he, he clearly triggers Bill Burr here and Bill snaps. And, and I love the look that Din gave him at one point. He's like, you know, kind of that, uh, you know, dude, don't do this kind of thing. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going with this? And then Bill just snaps and he shoots Hess in the chest. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here. I felt super bad for the shore trooper that walked in and is just holding his lunch tray like this. Like, man, just trying to get a meal. I'm just trying to get some chow. And Bill leans back, you know, puts the blaster across his chest and shoots the shore trooper, just trying to eat his lunch. And uh, (laughs) I think at first he was like, did I just really see what happened? He's like, okay, pretend it didn't happen. Or, and at that point he had no more opportunity. He was just shot. So, um, but they make their, I have a nit to pick here too. Like during the 45 minute long Mad Max scene, the (laughs) Din had a blaster that he was shooting, bop, 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 bop. And it ran out and he threw it at somebody like classic and seen a million times. But, but then we get to the cafeteria and he's got a fully loaded, fully functional blaster again. Where did that thing come from? Why didn't he use it before? Where did like, what in the world? Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, mm. well, it's like okay. Gene's guy in the background of. I think he picked up someone else's. I think he picked up uh, uh, Van Ness or whatever, Van Hess. I think he picked up oh, his. Oh, that could be. Oh, is that what Maybe. you think? Yep. <laughs> okay. good, good call, Josh. It'll be good explained call. in the next comic book. Well, sure. I'm, I'm kind of shocked because when they first walked into that hangar, there was like a full hangar full of troops and crew people. Yeah, they and sure the mess trickled hall, in, didn't they? You could see, like, like right, right there. It was, yeah. like, five steps away. And he's having this conversation, you know, was, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes from when he walks in there and they go have a drink? Like, where did all those those troopers and those crew members go? Because yeah, I would have expected a thing. full rush of people into that room right away. And there was, like, three and they dispatched those three and had time to kick out the vent and then go on the outside of the building to make their escape. So I, I don't know. It's um I think we're nitpicking on our Star Wars. No, but. I mean they got they got outside pretty quick, which like before I mean, I don't know. How long would it take for you to hear one blaster and be like, wait, what the hell's going on? And then go run mm-hmm. and see. I mean, I don't know. If you're in the if you're in a stormtrooper who like you you don't have a long life to begin with, and then the empire's already fallen, and you're working on this weird outpost. Are you like just let it go? Search, are you searching down gunfire to be <laughs> like the first just walking one in? Away. Like, I didn't hear nothing. Oh, <laughs> sounds like a misfire. I don't know. Like I, I mean, I don't know that I would have been the first one in in their situation, but then they get out on that ledge where they've got cover from the two like real slick sharpshooters pretty quick. So yeah, I, that didn't really bother me too much. I mean, there was a lot of people in there, but they got outside fast. Josh is like, walk away, walk away. I'm just gonna pretend I mean, I'm just sitting there. Like, what do you have to gain? <laughs> um, so you know, we get. I my favorite. This is my favorite scene. Is we get we get to the end, and they here comes you know a low flying slave one with Boba Fett on it to like skim over the top of this base, and they do the classic run across the rooftop, jump and and dive onto the. The, the ship or the... Get to the chopper. Yeah, yeah, get to the chopper. Uh, you know, they get in the helicopter, they grab on, and <laughs> they're, 
they're flying away and two TIE fighters are dispatched to go after Slave 1 in... One more thing you know, before that, Bill Burr threw, blew up, or uh, mm-hmm. Biggs Mayfield blew up the whole place with one shot from a sniper rifle. While moving. Pretty sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, not a storm a pretty good shot. Yeah, lots mm-hmm. of precision uh, precision shots in this episode. Yeah. Uh, but there, so Boba Fett, he says, uh, we've got company. And he says, hang on. All of a sudden, he like veers the ship upwards Straight and they start vertical. this giant yeah. climb. Uh, it, it was cool, though, because you can see Din and, and uh, Migs kind of jerk in their seat. So you can really kind of see the maneuverability of Slave One there. But as he's he's climbing up into the clouds, all of a sudden you see this little back hatch open up and he's pushing buttons. And we get that the drop of the unmistakable seismic charge that just kind of falls towards the two TIE fighters and you get the absence of sound. It like just sucks all the yeah, sound away. The and then all of a sudden it's just blah, across. It sends this ring out and destroys both TIE fighters. And it was just awesome to see a great callback to uh, attack of the clones with uh, Django Fett kind of getting, trying to get rid of Kenobi. Uh, when he was following him, but it, the the seismic charge is, I think, one of the coolest coolest bomb devices or weaponry in Star Wars, so, uh, mainly for that sound. And and you know that it's a great meme shot where, of it too. Yeah, and you know that meme where you people post something and they're like, "I can hear this picture." That's exactly that kind of meme. Is like oh, you yeah. can look at it and go, "I can hear this picture" because I know that sound by heart. So. Um, that that's that was my favorite, well, probably my favorite part of the episode, minus all the imperial stuff because that's always fascinating to me. But um, you know, I think we get we get a newfound respect between uh, Mayfeld and Din and Kara at the end. There, they that's why they let him go. They let him go. Yeah, they said oh, it was terrible. He died in that horrible burning explosion of the Rhydonium mining out. facility. They figured out who he was too, because on the way there, that was out of the question. He was like, "Oh, yeah. so I do this for you, and I get set free." And they're like, "No, you do this, and you get to look <laughs> out the window while we're on the way there, and then you get to go back to the chop yard." Yep, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, that was kind of nice to see, and Din gives him the little head nod, like, "Yeah, go ahead, get on out of here," and he just walks off into the the woods. And then, um, you know, shortly after that, we get. We get to uh, a nut, probably in one of the best parts too of this episode was we get to uh, the inside of Moff Gideon's cruiser, capital ship again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember, Katie O'Brien comes up, uh, the officer, the Imperial officer comes up and says, sir, you, you should see this. And she plays this hologram message for Moff Gideon and it's, it's Din Djarin and his helmet. And he essentially delivers the exact same speech that Moff Gideon gave to him when he was trapped in the bar with mm-hmm. Kara in grief, uh, you know, and, and Moff Gideon was basically trying to burn him out and shoot him. So, uh, and it was, it was very different tone in what Din gave him than what Moff Gideon gave him. Moff Gideon delivered it with more of a matter of fact tone. Din delivered it with more of a heartfelt tone uh, that look like you stole my kid. I'm coming back to get him. Like you're in trouble. And I, I thought that was a, a really, really cool moment. What about you, Josh? Uh, the one key difference was that uh, Din said he, um, he is very important to me. And um, 
Moff Gideon just said it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, good call. Nice little thing that I actually missed on the first viewing, but caught on the second. Yeah, yeah. Grogu. I think that Yoda. is the only difference, actually. Yeah, I think that so could too. be. Yeah. Pretty sure. I think it's yeah. verbatim the same, other than that. Yeah, it's a really, really cool way to end the episode. Huge cliffhanger heading into next week. Um, Always badass to tell somebody you're coming to get them before you come to get them. To yeah. like screw the element of surprise. We're on our way. Uh, Bo Katan uh, did a very similar thing. Put some tea on. We're coming up. Like mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You can't do anything about it anyway. It's a very uh, Liam Neeson declaration there that uh, I have a particular set of skills. I will find if they, you. If they had quite gone with them, this would have been over already. <laughs> yeah. Not sure why. The, I think their one misstep is not trying to pull a... Um, a Holdo maneuver? Pull, yeah. Pull uh, Bo-Katan <laughs> and her, her uh, night owls in. Because at this point, you know, their, their goals align you know, perfectly. Yeah, for sure. And well, well, all right. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about how that's not how the force works, right? So you're onto something there, Josh. They now know where Moff Gideon is, and that's what Bo was looking for. Yeah. Right. So wouldn't it make sense that at the start of next week, that's what we're getting is maybe that reach out to Bo and say, "Hey, we need your help." Or what I think is going to happen, they're going to take a shot at it, and they're going to miss. And then he's going to have to go back to Bo-Katan next season with his tail tucked and be like, uh, we couldn't do this. I need your help. Hmm. Very interesting take. I like it. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I, we're, it's getting drug out. I don't think there's any way that we did all this dark trooper stuff and Moff Gideon's been like in the background for two entire seasons now. And we're going to show up at his ship in one episode show up at a ship, go get Grogu and leave and it's done. I mean, it's yeah. possible that they could kidnap him back and we're going to do a back and forth kidnapping thing, but that seems like uh I don't a little redundant. That seems a little sloppy to me. I feel yeah. like when we meet Moff Gideon, there's going to be when they get the child back from Moff Gideon, that will be the confrontation and Moff Gideon gets like taken out or at least like loses the dark saber and loses the child and loses all his, you know, power basically. Uh, I don't, I don't see them like taking the child and then Moff Gideon is still the big bad, but I also don't see them just taking out this major villain in one episode in the season finale. And then we just go on from there. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong about all that, but that's, it just, no, that's a, that's a, no, that's a very interesting take. I think that's, it makes sense, and I, I'm I'm kind of with, and I'm in the same boat with you. Is I, I don't see them getting the child at the end of this season simply for the fact that where do you go at the start of next season? When yeah, then he's what's got the big, back? What's the big cliffhanger at the end of season two yeah. that makes me come yeah. for three? Like, that, oh, we just rescued the baby. Better come back to season three to see what right. happens. Like, right, uh, that seems very non felonious and just knowing his work and what he's done with rebels and, and clone wars that seems very non felonious to just end on, Oh, we got the kid back. Let's go. All right. We're, you know, where, where are we going to jump in in season three? So I'm with you. I think the kid, they retain the kid. I think it's an interesting take though, that, you know, they don't reach out to Bo right away. They just kind of go do it on their own and can't get it done, which would, I think make those dark troopers a little bit more important right in the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, we get a little bit of use out of them. So, yeah. 
try and fail. And, you know, not to get outside of what this story is telling us, because that's like the only in-universe context we really have. But uh, our actual real-world context tells us that these other shows are all going to converge together for a crossover finale. That's how I was understanding it. That's Ahsoka and Rangers and Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So is that big of is that big crossover event taking down Moff Gideon and taking the dark saber and reclaiming Mandalore and all that? Or is it something else with Thrawn and Moff Gideon gets taken off the table and taken care of before that? I guess that, that would have, that would yeah. make two different um, eventualities that we would. That, that would have been my, my question is, is do you see another big bad making an entrance? Josh, do you, do you see, whether it be this episode, maybe towards the end or the start of next season, does Thrawn make an entrance? Is there a Ray Sloan appearance in here where she's driving Moff Gideon? Is there somebody else? Uh, what, what's the red Imperial? Um, the Emperor sent out the red cloaked droids, essentially. I, for, I forget what they called them. Sent- um, are they Sentinels? Yeah, like the Sentinels. Do you see maybe one of those somewhere? making a live appearance because i mean they've been in they've been in um battlefront 2 now they've been in some of the books uh, heavily mentioned uh alphabet squadron they were in there do we see maybe one of those sentinels making an appearance what do you think um it's definitely in the realm of possibility i mean they're tying everything in with operation cinder and um you know that i think i want to say the sentinels was the thing that came and said you know, that came and said, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is like that. The, the Sentinel is what's what laid out the contingency plan for burning the empire to the ground anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I think um, I would be surprised if it's not Thrawn or, or Ray Sloan. Um, and I wonder if Gideon wins whatever the forthcoming battle. And then, Maybe the the closer is you see him reporting to his higher up, which is one mm-hmm. of those two, which obviously I think more impactful is it being Thrawn. Um, but at the same time, that throws the whole timeline into whack because it's like, okay, so where are we with the Rebels like epilogue then? Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, which the Rebels epilogue is never given like a, a firm time frame. Oh, no, other I know. Than af- yeah. After Endor. So it's like in flux a little bit, but. I get exactly what you're saying. But the other the other thing to consider is the dark saber. And this is the Mandalorian. And to me, uh part of the culmination of the Mandalorian is going to be reclaiming the dark saber and reclaiming Mandalore and reunifying to some degree the various tribes of Mandalorians. I think um, so I suppose it is possible that Moff Gideon gets taken out and then we are working towards that end where we've got to reclaim Mandalore and we've got to bring these, all these different Mandalorians together. But then I'm not sure exactly how Ahsoka and Rangers works into that. Although I guess, mm-hmm. you know, Ahsoka has been a friend of the Mandalorians for some time. You could always work that in, I guess, but. Right. Uh, yeah. There's Sabine out there too, but um, you know, I guess 
I don't, I don't know. It's the Mandalorian. So I think that Mandalorian stuff with the dark saber and with Bo-Katan has to be a big part of it. At least I would expect it to be. Hmm. Do you think yeah. this whole cross arc, like the three, the three show arc and like what there is, is Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, is that already, is it already all planned out? Did, did, did John and Dave know where it's going and where it's ending? And I think so. Yeah. Unless that crossover event is like the end of the Mandalorian and the start of these other things, which I, you could cross that way. Yeah. I guess I just assumed it would be the end of all of them would cross over together and they would stretch out the Mandalorian for, you know, three seasons mm-hmm. longer than the other two or whatever, but it wouldn't necessarily have to be that. The only thing that I read on Rangers of the New Republic was that it would coincide with the ending of of Mandalorian. So I it's it's gotta be But does that mean the end yeah. of Rangers coincides with the end of the Mandalorian or the series I, Rangers at some point will also take place during the end of the Mandalorian. I think it was, it ends in the culmination with Mandalorian. Like that's the, the end of Rangers is the end of Mandalorian. So if they're going to take Mandalorian for five years, I think Rangers is going to go for like two years and that's going to like the end of them are going to basically link up essentially. That was my, th- I, that was my assumption too. That's, but yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that they, specify that that's actually the case they you right. know a, cr- yeah. a crossover doesn't mean a doesn't have to mean a finale for all of them by any we could go a million different ways with star wars storylines and all these new shows they got coming out um the only thing that we know for sure is that this friday is the last episode of season two and we'll it has been what happens to that child yeah it has been an epic epic season of Mandalorian. I, I don't I don't know that I've watched a TV show in the past couple years in any kind of genre that has delivered this many like twists and turns and characters and uh just awesome awesome world building that Mandalorian has done uh in recent years. So um we are here for it. We love it. We enjoy it. Um unless anybody else has any cr- other crazy tinfoil hat ideas i think we can successfully blow this thing and get out of here yeah all right you're all clear kid now let's blow this thing and go home i got a really good feeling about this Let's uh, we'll wrap it up today, uh, you guys. We are live every Friday night, seven thirty Eastern time. Uh, come watch us, um, join us in the fun. Grab your drink of choice, uh, not the really gross tea stuff that Chris drinks all the time. Uh, something swamp water, no swamp water, no pond water. Get some, get some, get you a good beer. Get a nice, a nice bourbon, something to enjoy, uh, and we will culminate the 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 end of season two together in the right way and celebrate all things that are Mandalorian. Uh, again, Friday night, Razorcrest Reacts, uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can find the link on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. And we just started doing it on, what's the other one, Josh? Periscope. 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 Thank you. Um, like a, we just, like in a submarine. 
Well, that's radar, but the periscope yes. <laughs> is the thing that goes up. Um, but yeah, on periscope now as well. So any one of those three, come join us, have some fun. Um, you can find uh, the Star Wars Friends on any one of your social media platforms at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me, Justin, on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Uh, where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on all the media's social. All the <laughs> interwebs. It's all the interwebs. Uh, anyway, we, we love having you guys on. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Um, we hope to see you on Friday. Come join us, and we'll. it's, it's a good time. The finale. Be there. Yeah. Be square. Yeah, don't don't be a square. Don't be a square. Uh, we may drop some more '90s references uh, or '80s references for movies. Almost a guarantee. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. So, come join us for the fun. Uh, we will end this in classic fashion, as we always do. May the force be with you. Always, always, always. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.